It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. And remember, this morning we're talking a lot about the Bank of Canada because they increased interest rates by 25 basis points. That was expected. These rate hikes are getting smaller. There hasn't been one this small since March of last year. That's when the bank first started raising rates. So where are we at now? Well, today's increase brings that overnight rate to 4.5%. So how is this going to affect you? That's what we're going to be talking about with Lori Pinkowski this morning. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, How are the markets doing this week? Last week when we talked, you were talking about volatility. What are we seeing this week? Yeah, we've really seen continued volatility, especially uh, yesterday when we saw that glitch in the New York Stock Exchange. A dozen of stocks were halted shortly after the open um, yesterday, and some of those names were Morgan Stanley, Verizon, AT and T, Nike, and McDonald's. Uh, and some stocks, you know, were lower by ten percent or more, uh, and so they were halted for a short period of time. And as they were saying, it was due to a technical glitch. But it's not not something you generally want to see uh, yeah. at the open on, on any day. <laughs> How often does that happen? Uh, it's only happened a few times in my career um, I, that I can remember. Even uh, the flash crash that happened, you know, years and years ago, uh, where many stocks uh, were were much lower on the day, only to close at uh, the original price. And so, um, you know, going back to that, uh, they have kind of restrictions in place that if stocks fall a certain amount, that they get halted, and uh, that kind of makes sense. And I guess that why you know when people are using stop losses and things like that, why that's important to not have it already in the computer, right? For computerized trading, you always want humans making decisions at the end of the day. And this would be, again, a a reason for that. Right. Does the market itself, like kind of, if you see something dropping on a big company like that, and then the market responds, right? Which is why you have to maybe say, hey, what's going on here? We have to check that out. Exactly. That's why, you know, generally speaking, we would never put our trades already um, into the system, you know, for a long period of time set at a certain price because you never know if something like this happens, you could get caught up in a trade like that. Um, And so it's really important to have people watching the markets and uh, trading on your behalf and and making sure that they're humans and not just computers, because otherwise you could get sucked into something like this. So, so again, they fixed it. All is good. uh, And life moved on and so did the market. So that's what we wanted to see. Okay, that's good then. Uh, Let's talk about retirement as we so often do, but we're talking today about the financial myths around retirement. Are there a lot of those? Yeah, you know, talking about the financial myths before you retire, uh, you know, a lot of people think that they should have at least a certain amount of money saved. And no matter what you fill in that blank with, uh, you know, it may not be entirely correct because being able to retire isn't always about achieving some kind of random savings goal. It's about having saved enough to maintain the lifestyle you want to live in retirement. And that exact amount for each retiree is going to differ from, you know, one person to the next. And, you know, many people are worried that they may not have enough income in retirement. Other people are worried about tax in retirement, you know, those that know that they have enough. So that's why, again, a financial plan is so important, a detailed financial plan to really show you that you do have enough income, but also where are you going to draw it from? And, you know, you want to have that open communication with your advisor about when you intend to retire. Um, You know, are you expecting any inheritance? Because a large inheritance can also considerably reduce the amount you need in retirement. 
what kind of retirement do you want to want to lead? You know, do you want an active uh, retirement and travel a lot, or you know, you're more likely to stay at home, read a book? You know, everybody is different, and so it's important to really have that conversation, even within yourself, uh, before you take that uh, leap to the next stage, and also make sure that you have that financial plan done, so you can really take a look at where the income is coming from, what are your needs, what are your wants, and what are your mm -hmm. goals. And I think everybody really kind of has thought about it, you know, a little, but I don't think everyone really sits down at the dinner table and talks about it. What about the magic number? I think a lot of people feel like, oh, I need to have X amount of money in, you know, in saved up in order to retire. Yeah, I, a lot of people do have uh, a number. I would say the the usual number I see is kind of five to six thousand a month for a couple. Um, but remember that five six thousand a month is also that's just what they'll need to spend. And how we come up with the five to six thousand could be a form of CPP and OAS and rental income, all sorts of things. But again, some people are higher. And then also uh, a big question that we ask is. Okay, so say five, six, even seven thousand a month to live. Uh, what about uh, travel expenses? Because that could be something separate. So some people want ten, twenty thousand or more per year, especially early on in retirement, uh, to to plan for. So that's what we're looking at. We rather over plan than under plan. And I say in my you know twenty plus years of doing this, I've never had anyone go back to work. So so that's a, a good track record, and that's what financial planning does. I, to ensure that people don't outlive their money. Okay. And what about, I'm sure you get people who say this to you. Oh, all I have to do is max out my RRSP. Yeah. You know, maxing out your RRSP is definitely uh, a good thing early on in life. You know, you're obviously getting the tax deduction. Um, you are also getting tax-free growth for many, many years. <clears throat> but a lot of people don't like their RRSPs later on in life when they turn into a riff and you're forced to withdraw and you've got tax consequences there. But a lot of people need to do more than just RSP contributions. Um, so again, tax-free savings accounts are great uh, retirement planning tools and, and great estate planning accounts as well. So you want to maximize that out, even buying, you know, real estate when the time is right. Uh, a lot of people have rental, um, you know, apartments, things like that, that they're going to be able to sell when they move into retirement. So I think all different areas you have to look at, not just RRSP contributions, and one should be looking at all different types of investments. Okay. And speaking of other investments then too, what about people who feel like, no, no, I don't need to worry about that right now. I don't need to worry about retirement right now. I've got lots of time. Yeah, and, and that's true. I mean, a lot of people are working longer. I, I have noticed that, although COVID kind of did change things for people. Some people decided to, you know, when they could sell their business, that sort of thing. Um, you know, but I think that having that plan for retirement, and if you're not ready today, then that's fine. No no one should force you into uh, retirement. A lot of people do, you know, part-time kind of retirement. They're working three days a week instead of five days a week. And I, I think that's a, a great way to kind of enter that next stage because some people are not just skipping into retirement as I've said before you know they're a little bit worried they're a little bit fearful not just not because of money always but just what am I going to do with my time and so on and, and realistically I've seen most people after three to six months are very comfortable in their new retirement lifestyle uh, and they have so much to do they found many things to do and it's more that uh, they're doing things that they want to not that they have to and I think that's important to look at as well. And so there's a lot of myths surrounding right. retirement, Simi, 
but again, I always say, you know, it's the first time someone's retiring, but I've retired a hundred times. So I've had a lot <laughs> of these conversations with people and, uh, and, you know, get that general, uh, the, I'm able to answer those general questions and, and help them really uh, feel hopeful and happy as they enter that next stage. What about the idea that you shouldn't retire until you've paid off all your debt? Yeah, you know, this is an important one. A lot of people do retire with some debt, especially mortgage debt, um, maybe a line of credit. Those are obviously conversations a lot of people are having with us right now, just as rates have gone up uh, over the, you know, over the past year. And so what uh, a variable rate looked like a year ago compared to now is different. So the conversation is, should we be paying off some of that debt? Again, rates may not stay high forever. Um, even though that's hard to picture right now, but if you take a look at, you know, 12 months down the road, where will interest rates be? So keep that in mind. And also the amount of debt that you're holding compared to your overall assets is something that we'll review for people. And so that's an important conversation, but definitely it's a myth. It doesn't mean that you should have no debt going into retirement. Having some form of debt is fine, depending on how much, and also looking at your overall picture. And as I've said, every person is unique, and so you really need to kind of sit down with them to determine uh, answers to a lot of these myths out there. Okay. And what about, you know, this idea that when you do retire, well, your investment should change. Maybe they should be more conservative. Yeah. You know, the way I look at it is everyone's got a different investor personality. And so some people who are in their eighties, for example, are, are fine with market volatility and others that are in their fifties, mid fifties may not be fine with market volatility. And the other thing we really need to look at is um, the market cycle and where we are in the market cycle. Sometimes cash may be a, a you know a good investment to hold uh, as it pays four or five percent for a portion of the portfolio, but bonds as well, right? As we go into kind of environment when rates will eventually be uh, becoming down, um, as well as stocks, right? So your exposure to each um, asset class really is determined for me not just about you being in retirement, um, because most of our clients are kind of before retirement or already retired, but that's not what is, um, you know, guiding us on how we should manage the portfolios, essentially. It's, again, on that individual, how they feel about markets, um, as well as their goals, right? Because we need to um, attain a certain return for them over the long run. And, uh, and so by asking all those questions, having, you know, that communication with somebody really helps us determine how we're going to, um, you know, create the investment plan for them and, and manage the portfolio, not just before retirement, but also through retirement as well. All right. Well, Lori, great advice as always. Thank you. That Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great week. That's Lori Pinkowski. That's uh, Lori's a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. You can contact her team at 604-695-LORI or visit their website at pinkowski.ca.